discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same, we are constant. God is constant, God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to lift up your right hand towards heaven. Father, thank you for this opportunity that we have to be in your presence like this. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who is here with us. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Just speaking in the language of spirit for two minutes. Give God glory. Give God praise for this opportunity that you have. Oh, Father, we are grateful. Malagada Bayaba, Mazogada Bada Bada, Mandolo Ho Shege de Bebe, Mazogodobolobolobo, Madababa Baba Baba. Oh, we give you glory, we give you glory, we give you glory. Mazada Madeleheke de Beyo, Mandono Hoke de Beyebelebe. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we are grateful once again. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for this opportunity we have once again. Amen. In Jesus' name. We receive your word with meekness, with gladness, with joy, with excitement, with great expectation. Thank you for miracles, signs and wonders that proceed out of your word. Thank you for great establishments. Thank you that your Holy Spirit displaces thoughts that are not from you and introduces thoughts that are from you into our minds to your glory. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I think you should give the Lord a shout. What do you think? Beautiful. So this morning, I'm just, I just feel like we should do question and answers. That's why I've taken the microphone early. Hallelujah. So that we can, I can help you with a lot of things on your heart. Hallelujah. The Lord was telling me, as I saw the Lord concerning what to share with us, the Lord was telling me that there are a lot of things on your heart that he would want to answer. So I, I, uh, I'm giving us the opportunity God is giving us the opportunity for us to answer ask questions and then have those questions answered is it a powerful thing? Yes. Yeah, so feel free, whatever question you want to ask so anybody with a question you can lift your hand if it's the type you can ask openly you can ask openly in Jesus name yes. but whilst you are thinking about your question I just want to show you a scripture in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 Verse 1. Very I, I would recommend that you go to the podcast to hear some of the messages that have been preached. I mean, you'll be blessed. Okay? You'll be blessed. Seriously. It's, it's, these are messages for the whole church. Yes. Messages for the whole church. So I think you should. You should really listen to them. Okay? I think you've been watching some here, right? I, there was a message that was played last week, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, on what? Legalities. Were you blessed? Beautiful. Have you forgiven those who are supposed to forgive? If you don't forgive, you are slowing your own self down. 
and you must, you must learn to relate. Paul said that, or the word of God said that, we being many are one bread. Do you see? We are a lot here. We have so many people in our church. We have almost 5,000 people in our church. Can you imagine? Uh, so many people. Now, we are many, but then we are one bread. Today's communion Sunday. We are one bread. We are one brodo, one loaf, abolo. <laughs> Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 17, it says, For we be many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. That one bread is Christ. Jesus is referred to as a bread of life. For we be many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. So all of us sitting here are actually partakers of the body of Christ. Do you see? And hence, we are one. So I can't say I like this one. And I don't like this one. I can't say I, this one is my friend. But this one is not my, I don't, I don't, you can't say that. You see, that is not Christianity. Any question? If you have a question, any question? Yeah. What's your question? Okay, thank you, Daddy. It's, uh, it's about Matthew. It's okay. Uh, I want more clarification about this. Uh, Matthew sixteen twenty-eight. It says, Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man come in his kingdom. But at that time that Jesus was talking to them, it's like everybody was there at that time. But uh, I don't know uh, the coming that he's talking about here, whether uh, when he's coming, those that were there before, they are still alive now. So I was, I was reading it and I got there and I was a bit confused. So I want clarification. Clearly, he's not talking about, he's not talking about, because all of them are not, they are, all the people who were there, they are not. I was in a very, very serious There'll be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Of course, Jesus was not talking about um, physical things. He's talking about something more spiritual. This same verse is repeated in John chapter 21. Okay, verse 20. Okay, so this is what happened. Jesus was talking to Peter. Yeah. Then Peter turned about, see the disciple whom Jesus loved. Whom Jesus loved, yeah. Following. So it's, a, it's the same thing that is happening here. Okay. Now, Jesus has spoken to Peter concerning his life and how he was going to die. If you go to the previous verse, you see previous verse, go to verse 18. Verily, verily, I say unto this, Jesus talking to Peter. Verily, verily, I say unto when thou was young, thou gathered thyself. You, you, you dressed yourself when you were younger. Peter. And you walked where you wanted to walk to. But when you are old, you will stretch forth your hands and another will, will dress you. You will stretch forth your hands and another will dress you. Jesus was talking about what will be happening to his eyes. Peter became, Peter's eyes became dimmer as he grew older. So he couldn't dress himself. He couldn't walk by himself. So he needed assistance. Okay? He says, you stretch forth your hands and another will get you and carry you where you don't want to go. And that's what happened to Peter. Peter heard that he was going to be captured and he was running away. And the one who was guiding him took him to the, took him where they were going to kill him. Yes. Do, do you understand? That was what happened to him. If you read history, you see that exactly what Jesus said was exactly what happened to him. 
And when they were crucified, they were going to crucify him. He said he doesn't want to be crucified as his Lord, his master. He wants to be crucified upside down. So Peter was crucified upside down with his head showing, with, the, with his head downwards. Then the Bible says, this speak he, Jesus spake this or said this, signifying by what death he should glorify God. Peter was so in tune with the Lord that even his death was going to glorify God. If you are in tune with the Lord, even your death brings glory to God. You enter uh, the, the gates of heaven with glory. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. So as Peter was following Jesus, he turned and saw John. So this is actually a verse concerning John. So John, John is the one who wrote this. So he called it, John calls himself the one whom Jesus loved. If you read in the book of John, you see it so many times. He called himself, Jesus, Jesus didn't say he loved him, but he felt that Jesus loved him more than everybody. Okay? It's something you should develop. You should decide that Jesus loves you. It's, it's, a, it's, a faith, it's a believing thing. You may think that God doesn't like you. Some people think that God doesn't like them. No matter what God says, no matter what God does, they think that God doesn't like you. should know that God likes you. You should know that God loves you and God cares about you with great care. So then Peter turning about, see the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, that is, that is John, which also leaned on his breast at supper, the same John, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayed thee? Next verse. Peter see him, see to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? So Jesus was, uh, Peter was asking Jesus, how about, you say, um, this is how I'm going to die. How about this guy? Peter was not following. His, the Lord had just said, follow me. And he was not following the Lord. He was asking about other, other people's, you see, in ministry, you must learn to follow the Lord. Don't look around. Yes, as a minister of God, you don't look around. As a shepherd, you don't look around. You're a shepherd, you're looking at another church. You are designing. Let me, let me see if that church is a place. It means you don't understand your core. You don't understand your core at all. Let me try to look at another church and go there. And go and be part of the church. What do you think? Huh? Jesus said, Jesus, so Jesus answered him, if I will, if I want him to stay alive till I come, what is it to thee? Follow down me. It's not, it's not, it doesn't concern. If I want him to stay alive till I come, how does that concern you? I don't know if you understand. Uh-huh. So Matthew reported it in a, in a slightly different way to show us exactly what Jesus was also saying on another dimension because um, John, this, this John is the one who saw the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's the only one who did not die by any form of, uh, what was it called? Matter, he, he, was, he didn't die by, but he was not a matter. He didn't die by uh, the hands of any other. He died a natural, he was the only one who died a natural death. I see what I'm talking about. Yes. And he's the one who had the revelation of Jesus Christ given to him in Revelation. So the, the book of Revelations was given to him. He's the one who saw all those things. He saw the Lord in his glory. He saw everything concerning the Lord from how the, the last days were, was, was going to be all the way to the second coming of the Lord. So Revelation chapter 19 verse 11 says that, Behold, I saw, look at Revelation chapter 19 verse 11, I saw heaven opened. This is John talking. He says, I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. This is Jesus' second physical appearance, public appearance. Next verse. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. So John saw Jesus by revelation. Concerning his second public appearance. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So that was what Jesus was referring to. That there are some standing here who, who will not taste death until they are, and he was talking about John. And John wrote, saw and wrote Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. You can see it in Revelation 1 1. The revelation of Jesus, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by the angel unto his servant John. So John was given the opportunity to see the revelation of Jesus Christ, his coming, how things are going to be, everything. And that's what Jesus was referring to concerning John. Hallelujah. So it's not a scripture, it's not a, a scripture in, in generic, with generic reference to everybody who was standing there. Brother, they are all dead. Do you see? Uh-huh. They are all dead. So the, this is the primary interpretation. Every scripture has a primary interpretation, a secondary interpretation, and lessons. The secondary interpretation can also mean this for what you showed at Matthew chapter 16, verse 28. There's a secondary interpretation that I want to try and give it to you. Go to that place. So when, when you hear a preacher preaching about a scripture and it's not talking about the primary interpretation, don't, don't say that he's wrong. He's not wrong. You can pull lessons out of the scriptures. And the Holy Spirit does that. He can help you pull out a lesson. Hmm? Give you many secondary interpretations concerning a particular scripture. But there's a primary interpretation for every scripture. I don't know if I'm making sense. When I say primary interpretation, you understand the theme, the reason why that was being said. What is, and that's what I've just, the context, the reason for it being said. And you should understand the scriptures in that particular manner so that you are not shaken with all kinds of things. Because the secondary interpretation, someone can take it and twist it in a very wild way. Make it look and sound in a way that you never, ah, what is this? So if you know the primary interpretation, you will not struggle with any secondary interpretation that anybody comes up with. Pastor Ivan wants to say something. Can Hallelujah. you stand up? Yeah. Yes. So the sentence explains itself. So if you say that, Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which will not taste their tail. That means that after they see it, they will die. That's what the sentence is saying. It didn't say that they are going to be alive till Jesus comes. That's not what it said. There are some standing which will not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. That means that after they see the, man of, the Son of Man coming in his kingdom, they will die. Now, if it was about Jesus' physical appearance, that wouldn't have been possible. Because if Jesus second coming, you would have been raptured. You won't die. But he's saying that they will see the, king, the, the Son of Man coming in his kingdom, and then after that, they will die. So the scripture actually, so it's, it's English. No, 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 it's, it's English. Am I, am I lying? Yes. And for you to get that, that's why Daddy was talking about understanding, asking the Holy Spirit to help you understand the scriptures. Do you get it? Because it's not only you. A lot of people have read it like this and interpreted it like the way and said, eh, but all of them are dead and all of them are dead. The Bible is yes, not the true. the Bible is not true. But it's, it's English. And with the word of God, for you to really understand it, you really need the Holy Spirit to open your eyes. Do you get it? That is why it is important. And it is something you cannot take out in your study. To always ask the Holy Spirit that, Help me to understand your word. Otherwise, you will interpret it wrongly. And that is what the devil, the devil is waiting for you to do. To interpret it wrongly. And then it will show, when you understand wrongly, you show wrong results. Do you understand? Yes. 
So that is exactly what it means. The sentence speaks for itself. It's not even about that. Beautiful. Okay, another question. Two more questions. Third one. A fourth one. Wow. You want to add up? Okay, Pastor Kweku wants to add. Amen. Um, uh, one thing about books like Matthew, Mark, and Luke is that if you want to understand one verse, you have to look at the other ones. Okay, so I think Mark also said it. I was looking for the other ones, and I, it made sense to me. Mark 9, verse 1. Mark 9, verse 1. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you that there be some of them that stand here which shall not taste of death till they, they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. It's the same thing that Jesus said in Acts 1, verse 8, that the kingdom of God is going to come with power. You see? So, if you look at it carefully, I believe, well, that, but you shall receive power, no, um, verse 7 first. Verse 7 first. Acts 1, verse 7. Yes. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times and seasons which God had put in his own power. The next verse. They were asking about the kingdom of God. And he said that, yeah, verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria. So, I believe the kingdom of God in, in that verse is the Holy Spirit. That those, some of them who are standing there will not taste of death and will receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Is it powerful? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a question there. Please. The, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, please, I want you to help me with this. In Revelation chapter 6, verse 9. Verse he said, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under altar the soul of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they heard. Up to verse 11, we have seen the response the angel, uh, the angel has given them. But when you go to Revelation chapter 7, let's read up to verse 11 so that okay. we, nobody is confused. And when he had opened the fist, I saw at the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God yeah. and for the testimony which they held. Yeah. Next verse. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, how holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Verse 11. And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season unto their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were, they were should be fulfilled. Yeah. And the verse uh, chapter seven. Chapter seven, verse four. Verse four, chapter yeah. seven, verse four. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Yes. Ready, please, as ministry still continue, the ministry is still going on, and Christ is not returned yet. I believe among according to the number and the Revelation chapter six, I believe people can still be killed that way to complete the number as the angel have promised those people that were slain. I don't understand what you're is it a question or you're question, telling me? It's a question I'm asking. Uh-huh. Is it is it possible? Because when they say verse four, uh, now who, seven, is this connected to verse six? Yeah, is, this, is this connected to chapter six? Yeah, because most, this is a new chapter. Because most of the time when we go out for evangelism, uh-huh. they ask us. They, they say the the numbers were mentioned already. No. They, they, they so you see, this is clear. This is this is says, says uh, let's read from verse one so that you understand. 
Look at verse 1. It says, And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on, the, nor on any tree. Next verse. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to head the earth and the sea. Verse, four, verse 3 saying, Head not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Next verse. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. So this has nothing to do with Christians. This is Israel, and it's at a particular time. Okay? Now, if I want to explain eschatology for you in, in simple terms... There are, there are um, stages or steps to it, okay? There's a private coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus is going to come again, but he's going to come again privately. Okay? The second coming of Christ is in two forms. There's a private coming and a public coming. The private coming is for his children, and the public coming is with his children to judge the earth. These are two different. If you don't understand this, you always mix a lot of things up. If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. Now this, I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Now, the word change there is transfigured. Okay? Um, the word is metamorphosed. It says, we shall not all sleep. The word sleep is die. We shall not all die, but we shall all be changed. Next verse. Verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we who are alive shall be changed. Okay? Next verse. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This corruptible, this, he was talking about the body, he says, this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Now, keep these verses in your mind. I want to clear it for you some more. Go to first. Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's read from verse 13. Yes. But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep or which are dead, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. He says, if a Christian is dead, don't cry so much like someone who does not have the hope, because we have hope in Christ. Next verse. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep or which are dead in Jesus will God bring with him. Okay? Next verse, I'll explain it to you. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. He says, when Jesus comes, this is the private coming of Jesus Christ, and he comes for his church. He comes for believers. Next verse. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with a trump, the trumpet of God. This is the same trumpet I was talking about in 1 Corinthians 15. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. So all those who are dead in Christ, all those who died in Christ, okay? He says Jesus will come with them. He will come with them because their spirits are in heaven. Their spirits and their souls are in heaven. With If you die right now, you are going to heaven as a child of God. If you die right now and you are not a child of God, you are going straight to hell. There are no junctions anywhere. It's either heaven or hell. You better believe it. Now, those who are dead in Christ, he says they are there, but they don't have their resurrected bodies. There's a resurrection that is going to happen at the second coming of Christ, the private second coming of Christ, which we call rapture. So the rapture, the rapture happens 
way before Jesus comes again physically here on earth. Okay? So the first instance he will come for us, we'll meet him in the cloud. And he will come with all the Christians who are, 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 are dead in him. And they will come for their resurrected body. This your body here is very important. This is the same body you will have in the resurrection, but glorified. Okay? Glorified. It will be glorified. It will not be a body that is limited by stress, hunger, um, tiredness, none of those things. It will be a body that, is, that will be super. A body that can go through walls, go through windows, fly, all of those things. It can do all of those things. But it's the same body that you have. That's why the Bible says you should not sin against your body. Fornication causes you to sin against your body. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he says they will, come with it, they will come with him. Now, if the person died a long time ago and his body is even part of, you know, his, your, your flesh is sand, right? So it's part of this building. It will come out of the building and form the body for the person to go inside, for the person to have his resurrected body. The body Jesus was born with physically is the same body he's having now. Glorified. Without blood. blood. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So there's no blood, but flesh and bones can inherit the kingdom of God. Do you see? So he will come with them. Then he says, those of us who are alive, if you are alive at the coming of Christ, the second coming, private coming of Christ, okay, you will be changed. So this physical body will put on it to change to a spiritual body and put on incorruption and get the, become a glorified body and then you'll be taken and added to those who are in heaven. So he says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first, verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. So Jesus will not touch this earth. He'll be in the clouds. We'll cut, he will be caught up and we'll catch up with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. So in this particular instance, the Lord does not come here. We meet him in the air. Nobody will see him. Only us. We are the ones who see him. Born again Christians. It says, meet him in the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. There are so many types I can give to you. Uh, it's called the, 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 the resurrection of the harvest. Okay, uh, the first fruit and then the harvest. This first fruit, first fruit is harvested and is brought into the barn. Into the barn, rather. The barn in between the house and the farm. So we are received between earth and heaven. In the heavens, in the clouds, and then we are taken to heaven. Okay, so this, this is it. Now, apart from this, there's a, there's a public coming, a public second coming of Christ. And in that, case, in that one, when he's coming, he's coming with us. Those he came for, he'll be coming with us to come and judge this earth. That's in Revelation chapter 1 verse 7. Look at Revelation 1 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds. And every eye shall see him. Now, the word clouds there is actually people. If you remember in Acts chapter 1 verse 9, when Jesus was taken from amongst them, Okay, the Bible says that a cloud received them. When he has spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. You see, a cloud received Jesus out of their sight. Actually, it was a cloud of witnesses. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore I say unto, unto you, wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, it's a cloud of people that received Jesus. When Jesus rose from the dead, there were, human, there were people who had died before he came who rose from the dead with him. Matthew chapter 27, verse 50. Look at Matthew 27, 50. Hey. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. 
When he died, he yielded the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quick, and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which had died arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection. They came out of the graves after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So these guys, all these people, um, Joseph, David, all those people, who, Abraham, Joseph, apart from Moses and Elijah, every other person, Moses, Elijah, and Enoch, every other person was in the land of the dead and they came out of Jesus. And showed, it says, they appeared unto many. They showed themselves into Israel, plenty. And they were waiting. They couldn't have entered the, heaven, the heavenly holy of holies. They couldn't have gone into heaven without Jesus' blood. So Jesus took his blood up there to go and make sacrifice for them to be able to come. There's a psalm that speaks concerning that particular entry into heaven. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The law strong and mighty. So that was the entrance of Jesus with the cloud of witnesses back into heaven. Okay? This, this is a, it's called the first resurrection. Hallelujah. Now, we are also going to, we, God is going to add us to that particular, because they without us are not perfect. So God is going to add us to that particular group. And all of us are going to come as a cloud. That's what is written in Revelation 1 verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds. Jude chapter 1 verse 14 also says the same thing. Mm? Behold, he cometh to clouds. Go back to behold, he cometh to clouds. It says, Behold, he cometh to clouds. And every eye on earth shall see him. And they also which pierced him, that is Israel and the Gentiles. And all kindreds of the earth shall be, shall will because of him. Even so, amen. So this is the second physical appearance of Jesus Christ here on earth, where he comes to sit here and rule for a thousand years. Do you understand? It's also found in Revelation chapter 19, verse, verse 11, where we're reading. Uh, look at Revelation 19, verse 11, where it says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness is that judge and make war. Next verse. His eyes were in a flame of fire, and all of that. Next verse. If you remember, I read this not, not long ago. His name is the word of God. Verse 14. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine lining, white and clean. So as he's coming, as Jesus was coming the second time physically, okay, publicly for everybody to see, he came with, he will come with the armies which are in heaven. Who are the armies which are in heaven? Us. The armies which are in heaven are the ones that are described as a cloud. Same thing. Do you understand? Uh -huh. So our, our, the church is very different from Israel. We are not the same as Israel at all. So the 144,000 has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with Israel. God is going to seal 12,000 from every tribe. 12,000 times 12 times, times 12 is 144,000. No, be so. Yeah. Huh. So, um, after we have left this earth, the Antichrist is revealed to his fullest. And when the Antichrist is revealed to his fullest, he's going to sign a peace treaty between Israel and his neighbors. Israel has fought with his neighbors to, to date. They are still fighting. The Antichrist will bring peace between them. And the peace accord will be signed for seven years. In the midst of the peace accord, the Antichrist will turn and show them. You see, before that, the, in the midst, before the first three and a half years, he will be a savior for them. They will think he's their Messiah because of how wonderful he will be to them. He will win their trust. He will win everything. He will be very nice to them. The whole world will hail him because he will be very powerful. But in the midst of the seven years, that's three and a half years later, he's going to sacrifice a pig in the temple of God 
which is called the abomination of desolation. That's, that's, a, that's an abomination. You don't, you don't, a pig is an unclean animal. Read from Genesis, you see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Israel, of course. For Israel. My wife is saying a pig is unclean for Israel. It's true. For Israel. <laughs> for us, it's clean, isn't it? I'm sorry. I nearly destroyed your Domedo party. Feel free. But if you've seen a pig eating, you will see and you understand that it is not clean. Have you gone to see a pig lying in, in certain places if it is not raised in a certain place and it is just out there? Ah. Uh, Filth is the definition of filth, anyways. So he will sacrifice, it's called the, and uh, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoso will let him understand, he says, then you shall know. Then let him which be in Judea, eh, be in Judea, those who are in Jerusalem, let them flee into the mountains. So the persecution, the great persecution, is called the time of Jacob's trouble, eh, or the time of Rachel's uh, mourning. Israelites are going to be killed. Serious, it's not, it's not be, he will persecute them. He will kill a lot of them. And the Lord will preserve. He will seal 12,000 from each tribe. There are 12 tribes of Israel. He will seal 12,000 uh, 12, in each tribe and preserve them from being killed. You get it? And that's, that, that was what he was talking about in Revelation chapter 7. Now, Revelation chapter 6, what you read, has nothing to do with the one in Revelation chapter 7. That one is another group. Those are martyrs. Those are all those who are beheaded and killed for the Lord, which is happening now. It's happening now. I mean, there was a church in Nigeria not long ago, just last month or so. It had about 50 people being butchered and killed gruesomely. Now, they are all martyrs. They are going to join that group. You get it? Uh-huh. They are under, they have a special place. Okay? They have a special place with the Lord. All martyrs have a very special place with the Lord. So that is a very different, it's not the same as that. So while, if someone says, oh, 144,000 is already sealed, it's a number that is known if you're a Christian, it doesn't make any, the, the person does not know the Bible, he has not read the Bible very well. Okay? He hasn't read it at all. You see, in this case, in Revelation chapter 6, verse 11, it says, and white robes were given unto them, every one of them, and it was said to them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as, were, as they were should be fulfilled. So there are some people who are going to be killed like these people were killed. Who are going to be added to that number? God says, I want that number to be, when that number comes, then we'll judge the earth for, for killing you. Okay? There's a scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. There are lots. There are multitudes, eh? They, are, they, they say there are multitudes. There's no number given to them. There are lots. Multitudes. It's not. Uh -huh. So even during the rapture, there are different views concerning the rapture as well. But then during the rapture, you see, there are many groups on earth here right now who believe that Jesus existed, but they don't think that he's the son of God. They think he's a prophet, or he was a prophet. Or what? Or he was a good man. Some say he was a magician. Do you see? So they know that Jesus truly existed. He was born by a virgin and all of that. They know there was a mystery around him and all of that. But they don't declare him to be the son of God, and they don't receive him as a son of God, and hence are not born again. There are churches like that in this, our world in which we are. So they know Jesus, but they, they are not born again. Do you understand? They are all over. There are many churches like that. Now, when true Christians, what makes you a Christian is your faith in Jesus Christ. When you become, you, you believe in Jesus Christ as a son of God. Romans chapter 10. Look at Romans chapter 10. This is what you believe to be born again. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and verse 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, 
You must confess the lordship of Jesus over your life. And shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. If you believe that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead, you shall be saved. This is how you are saved. You believe with your heart that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And you confess his lordship over your life. He says you shall be saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Next verse. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not raised, risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Have you seen it? Verse 15. Yea, and we have found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not. Next verse. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and you are yet in your sin, your sins. Then they also which are falling asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we have all men most measurable. Verse 20. But now is Christ truly risen from the dead, and we come the first fruits from death that slept. So this is what we believe. We believe in the resurrection, the fact that Jesus raised, was raised from the dead. That's what you believe to be born again. Do you understand? Aha. Uh-huh. So all those who associate with Jesus and say they know him, they like him, but have not believed the fact that he was raised from the dead and that he's truly the son of God, are not born again. But they are here. They identify as churches. So when Jesus comes and he takes away those who are really born again, they will be left behind. They are the ones who miss the rapture. Because they didn't even believe in it to start with. This is what I'm talking about. And when we are taking, then they'll believe. They'll realize that what was written in the Bible was true. So they'll believe. And they are the ones who go through the tribulation, the great tribulation. And they are the ones, some of them will be martyred, some of them will be killed, some of them will survive, and Jesus will come. So there's um, gleanings of the field, eh? Mid-tribulation, mid-tribulation rapture. In the midst of the tribulation, there will be some raptures happening. Some people will be taken by, by their death. And all. After the after the great tribulation, death is suspended. Nobody can die again. People will be crying to die. They can't die. They will go under stones for stones to fall on them. They will fall on them. They are still alive. So death is, death is suspended. But in the midst of the tribulation, death still exists. And the Antichrist will kill many people. You will behead many people who will become Christian at that time. Because of the, the Bible will still be there. It will be in, be in existence. They will know what has happened. And because of what has happened, they will believe. And when they believe, that the, the Antichrist will start persecuting them and start killing them. Do you understand? So, thank God you have believed now. If you have not believed, believe today before, because you never know, maybe Jesus is coming right now to come, come for us. And you'll be in the church, you'll go, and then you are still here. The only qualification is to be born again. That's the only qualification, nothing else. To be born again. Okay? You are, when you get born again, and you are maturing, or you are becoming more spiritual, you are better off. You are better off. Because you don't, you don't eat unripe mangoes, you only eat ripe mangoes. So you are, you are used to the Lord as a ripe mango, as a spiritual person, and not useful to the Lord as a baby in Christ. That is why you must go. That's why we come to church, so that you can grow and become what God wants you to become. Because actually the born again experience has a reason. There's a reason for it. God wants you to reign with him, reign and rule with him. But if you are not grown in the Lord, you cannot reign and rule with him. So there are extra classes in heaven, which is for thousands of years. Just imagine, you see the way in, on earth, when you see someone who was born into riches and the person is just enjoying because he was born. Have you seen that before? Yeah. You see how you feel sometimes? You're like, ah, I wish. 
I was born in riches. Have you ever had that before? That is a feeling a lot of people will have in heaven. When they see those who took God seriously here on earth, enjoying and having certain things, and they have to go through a certain type of process to become what they are supposed to become. Yes. And then you start weeping and gnashing. So you are, you are, it's very important you mature here. This is the place for maturity. In Jesus' name. Have I answered you? Beautiful. We can't answer any other question. Maybe some other time we can continue. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to rise up on our feet for just a few minutes and thank God for all that he has shared. I think God has said a lot of things to us today, isn't it? So just thank God for what he has shared with you. In the next few minutes, you're going to be partaking of the communion. I want you to just thank him for this opportunity. Pray. Don't, don't play anything. Pray. I want to hear your voice. I'm not hearing your voice. Pray and thank God. Pray and thank God. Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. Oh, we give you glory. Thank him. The more you thank him, the more God gives you an opportunity to be exposed to more. Thank him. Give him glory. Give him praise. Manzo Oh, thank you, Jesus. Father, we are grateful. Father, we are thankful for the opportunity we have had to hear your word. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.